Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, welcome. This is the uh, don't at me, don't at me. Coaches gone wild version. I hope everybody had a tremendous weekend. The YouTube chat is already rocking and rolling. The ESPNers, Ryan Clark and Damian Woody, already made idiots of themselves. Clay Travis is joining us. We're going to have him at 10. Chad Withrow's joining us. We're going to have him at 9.30. What have you come to expect out of this show other than unadulterated truth? Yesterday, Juwan Howard did what Juwan Howard's been doing, act like an idiot. Juwan Howard behind the scenes has been acting like a complete idiot. There are all kinds of stories. You know, he threatened an ESPN announcer, kind of threatened. You giving me lip? is what he told the guy. I mean, I've told you this last week. Jamon Howard has been doing this, and the athletic director, the sports information folks, they've known way before this, okay? What is this? This is Jawan Howard getting crabby because while Jawan, of course, can coach his team and have them pressing in the last 10 seconds of the game, Greg Gard, of course, cannot coach his team because Jawan doesn't think so. Juwan, who after guard uh, called the timeout so that he wouldn't turn the ball over with, by the way, uh, Juwan's team pressing backups, got all crabby because we're all supposed to acquiesce to Juwan. If Juwan thinks it's a bad timeout, then it's a bad timeout, and he's going to get salty. Juwan Howard got his ass kicked last night, and he acted like a little batch, if you want to know the truth. Look, I coached as a head coach for 11 years, 10, one, uh, 10 and a half. I always told people, you coach your team, I'll coach mine. You want to beat my ass by 30, beat my ass by 30. You want to keep guys in, keep men. You coach your team. I don't know why you're doing certain things that you do, but do them. It goes back to this whole fake thing that they've always had at Michigan with the Fab Five and all, the fake tough thing. Like, Beeline brought a hell of a culture in there. And now all of a sudden you got this, you're back to this fake thing. We, we all knew it in the Big Ten. We all knew that, you know, this whole culture, we're tough. We're the, no. But let's go back to the coaching element of it. Look, if you're going to coach a team for 40 minutes and you're going to put reserves in there and you want them to press when you're down a million in the last minute, then understand that the other guys have pride too. Let's just understand that. The other guys have pride. They're not going to want to turn the ball over. Jawan didn't know the rule about you got 10 seconds to get it up. Fran Fraschella pointed that out on Twitter. Jawan didn't know the rule. Greg Gard knew the rule. Called timeout because they only had four seconds to get the ball across half court. Everybody in basketball has pride. And I don't give a damn, and I was. I went from everything to being the star of the game to the last guy off the bench in the last seconds. I didn't want to turn over in the last seconds. But be that as it may, Greg Gard should coach his team the way he wanted to. Uh, so now Juwan gets mad, right? Juwan's that fake tough thing that Michigan, Juwan, Rose, everybody always had at Michigan. They all, we all know. Like, I get it. You're not going to agree with that. But those of us that were in the Big Ten, then we abs- everybody knew what fake uh, tough guys these guys were. 
So Howard, who, by the way, his defense is always, I'm from the South Side. Well, I'm from just a little bit south of the South Side. And the slap over the top of three guys and the duck behind, it doesn't really reflect how the South Side's supposed to be. So that South Side thing, that's out the door. But anyway, let's talk about coaching. So you coach your game. Juwan got his ass kicked. Juwan's embarrassed. Juwan's pissed. Juwan's got his little mask on, so Juwan says something to guard. Guard said, hey, wait a second. Now, you all, I understand, you never put your hands on anybody. Well, then my wife has reason to knock the shit out of me when we dance in the kitchen. Because me dancing with my wife in the kitchen is as threatening as Greg Gard saying, saying, oh, hold on here. Or you slapping a guy on the back saying, hey, man, good job. Hey, pal, hang on here. I want to talk to you. Yes, that's, you never put your hands on a man. Shut up. Shut the hell up. You never punch a guy. You never slap a guy. You never grab a guy. But when you say, hey, wait a second, you made your little comment. You're walking off like a little batch. Let's talk about this. And if you go to their relationship prior to this, very cordial. Should guard have let it go? It's an interesting question. Probably should have. In retrospect, would have diffused everything. But then you saw uh, Juwan Howard grab him. You saw him point his finger. You can make the argument that guard should have let him go, and I don't know what's going to happen to Greg Guard. But I'll tell you this, whining, bitching, moaning about a guy calling timeout is childish, immature, and just pure jackassery. I'm sorry, it just is. Agree with it, disagree with it, call me some kind of ist, do whatever you want. I'll give a damn if the dude was white or black, and I'll get to that in a second. Doesn't matter to me a minute. I've criticized more coaches over the years than anybody, white and black. I just tell you how it is. You don't like it, you don't like it. But the truth of the matter is that escalates. And then, of course, once that gets going, everybody's going to be a tough guy. I don't know what Joe Krabinoff said. I have no idea. But it did look like he irritated the player to his right. I think it's Williams. So he's going to have to answer for that. And, of course, Juwan Howard doing what tough guys always do came over the top with a slap, and then went with a duck behind. It was glorious. I love with a slap over the top and then the duck behind. It's beautiful. Somebody asked me, what would I do? What would I have done? I'll tell you what I would have done. I would have tried to get through the myriad of people that Howard was once again, and I'll get into once again, hiding behind. Then when he turned and ran, because that seems to be who Howard is, I would have ran after him, had a heart attack, ended up in the hospital with quadruple bypass surgery. That's what would have happened to me. So anyway, of course, the white media is afraid. Matt Norland, a, 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 a noted basketball expert. Uh, if the Big Ten handles this as it should, the punishment and blame will not lay solely at Howard's feet. Well, you think? White dudes are running for cover. And I love it. It's funny as hell. My friend David Kaplan in Chicago, not so much, though. Cappy went off. Cappy's known Howard for years. Full disclosure, I've always liked Juwan Howard. Interview him once or twice. Uh, when we sent Coach Knight to go see Juwan, Juwan came out and, uh, you know, he walked Coach Knight into the, um, into the school at CVS, where actually real tough guys go. But anyway, the truth of the matter is Juwan Howard – um, got his ass beat, didn't like it, thinks he should be coach almighty because he had one good, one good year with Beeline's players, didn't like, 
had to protect himself from the five foot ten, 190-pound Greg Gard. And then, and that was his excuse anyway. And then after protecting himself, right? And the whole thing, he gets backed off. Then he throws a chicken shit haymaker over the top, which a lot of the Twitter tough guys that were never in those situations says, well, that wasn't a punch. Really? You ever been hit by six foot 10, 250 pounds? No, you haven't. Now you really haven't. None of you have. All these Twitter tough guys, Michigan fans. Well, it wasn't a punch. You ever been hit by? I have. Hell, I got hit by a Michigan guy one time. Richard Relford knocked through a screen. Uh, Fast forward about 30 years. I'd have hip replacement surgery. A nondescript play to most people. But I ended up in a cold tub for the first time in my life. My hip basically hurt from that point on. You ever been hit by 6'10", 250? I don't care if it's a slap or whatever. You little guys out there. Man, a Michigan guy. Shut up. And if you don't like what's coming, take it up with your athletic director. Take it up with the commissioner of the Big Ten. I saw one guy say, Mark Few got more, will get less suspension than Jawan Howard for a DUI. Now, maybe, but take it up with your AD. That's what you did. Take it up with the commission. Hey, look, guy got a DUI at ESPN. I said I wouldn't go swimming with a woman I didn't know because I'm married. That guy's back on TV at ESPN. I saw him the other day on uh, whatever that show with Tommy, T- Tony Rinaldi is. I'm not on. Don't give me that crap. If you don't like what's coming for Howard, take it up with the AD. Take it up with the commissioner. I don't know what's coming for Howard. I have no idea. But what I did was I put a poll out. I don't think he should be fired, but I don't think anybody should be fired. I don't like people getting fired. That's not my thing. Like, people getting fired is your thing. Guy loses three games in a row. Oh, we got to fire him. That's never my thing. Because I know what getting fired is like on family and kids. I don't want Juwan Howard fired. But this isn't the first thing with Juwan Howard. Remember when he told Mark Turgeon, I will kill you? Now that's chicken shit South Side stuff. See, South Side Chicago, Gary, Indiana, where I'm from, you just kind of do. At my age, you just kind of don't. You run. But when you're Howard's age and you think you invented basketball, guess what? You just kind of do. You don't say I'm going to kill you. You just go grab Mark Turgeon, all, oh, I don't know, five, nine, 160 of them. And protect yourself. Howard has a tendency to pick on little dudes. Now, Greg Gard's got some scrap to him. He was a sheriff. He was a deputy sheriff. He got some scrap to him. He does. He, uh, he got some real scrap to him, actually. So I don't know. And I'll tell you this, uh, Joe Krabinoff's like a cowboy or something. You don't mess with Joe Krabinoff only over the top with an open slap. The beauty of it was it, right and wrong. Like, I got accused of having a slick mouth when it comes to black coaches. Look, I got a slick mouth when it comes to all coaches. Probably nobody in the media world respected more by coaches, black or white, than me because I'm not afraid to call everybody out. My dealings with John Calipari have been awesome. I've ripped his ass. He's come back at me. He's white, by the way. Uh... I ended up working his uh, fantasy camp, and I was the star of the show because I brought my players beer after the camp. 
My dealings with Izzo are legendary. So some guy named Marco Marcos is all mad. You got a slick mouth when it comes to black coaches. No, I don't. No, I got a slick mouth when it comes to all coaches acting like idiots. Period. Uh, what's that guy's name? Ryan Clark told Clay Travis, hey, you people, your people. I guess I'm one of your people. ESPN standards have really gone down. Can you imagine if I went at somebody with a your people? I said bitching to two guys and a gal, and I got ripped for it. ESPN standards, we'll talk to Clay in a little bit. Oh, by the way, we're selling T-shirts, or he's selling T-shirts, your people. I guess myself and Chad Withrow and Kuharski, you know, I guess we're all your people. And then the beauty of watching Ryan Clark, this is the greatest. Go to Ryan Clark's Twitter handle. Now he's got all God into it. And then he says, you have to show me who you are. Before And then I deal with you. Oh, really? Only God and Ryan Clark can judge me. That's my new thing. Used to be I'm a man. Only God can judge me. Now it's I'm a man. Only God and Ryan Clark can judge me. The funniest shit ever last night. Look, people are going to get suspended. The world's upside down. If you don't like what I'm saying about Jawan Howard, then here's the deal. Take it up with your AD. Because the AD at Michigan cut Jawan Howard no slack. Because Jawan Howard has been doing the things that I have told you last week. I told you he was acting like a jackass. I got stories, but I ain't telling them because the people that gave me stories don't want their name out there. I told you last week, Jawan Howard's been acting like an idiot. I don't give a damn if you're white or black. What would Ryan Clark do? Only God and Ryan Clark can judge me. All right, here's the AD, Ward Manuel. You got a problem, Michigan whiny ass? My son went to Michigan. I feel like I went to Michigan. True story. I paid over one, let me, hold on a second. 52 plus 52 is 104 plus 52 is 156 and then a half, 26, because Beeline gave my son a scholarship. Damn, I paid $180,000 to go to Michigan. I feel like I'm a Michigan grad. I'm aware of and watch the end of our men's basketball game. There is no excuse for any of our staff or student athletes to get into a physical altercation with others, regardless of instigating factors. Now, the instigating factors is important. This is like when you go to church and the guy up there reads the Bible, and then he shows you the important words, the instigating factors. They're going to try, and maybe they should, Michigan. I don't know. They're going to say that you never put your hands on anybody. No, look, uh, you never shove anybody. You never grab anybody. But you say, hey, wait a second. But I get it. The easiest thing in the world to do is say, you never put your hands on somebody. Shut up. Uh, to get, I reached out and apologized to Chris McIntosh and pre, I'm not sure McIntosh is a big 10 guy I think, and president Coleman, president of, uh, Michigan, uh, oh, excuse me. And president Coleman has reached out to UW chancellor blank to apologize for the totally unacceptable behavior. Now that's important too. totally unacceptable. See, they know what I've been telling you or what I told you last week, or I think it was last week, Juwan Howard's been doing this. Juwan Howard's been a complete jackass behind the scenes to certain people. One, I'm not going to tell you his name, 100% true. We will review the situation more thoroughly and work with the Big Ten Conference as they determine their disciplinary actions, and we will determine if any farther disciplinary actions are needed. That's interesting, too. 
Because what Ward Manuel guy really liked, what Ward Manuel is saying here is if the Big Ten doesn't go far enough, we will. I don't think Juwan Howard's going to get fired. I really don't. I don't. Uh, should he get fired? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm not sure. McIntosh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Greg. McIntosh is the Wisconsin AD. What would Ryan Clark do? We all have, and the funniest thing about these guys that all of a sudden they come at Clay with this racist stuff and then they're hiding behind Jesus. I love it. But that ain't the question. The question is this. Why do we get to this point? How do we get to this point? I'm not sure. I will tell you, and I don't care what any single human being alive says. The handshake line is not about sportsmanship. The handshake line is idiotic. When I played, and it's 100 years ago now, there was no handshake line. There was no, hey, you know what happens in the handshake line? Let me tell you. That ain't no, you guys can all sit there and tell me how this is about sportsmanship. Those of you that follow me, you know that I deal in real. Period. I deal in real. I don't deal in bullshit. I don't deal, I, I, and if you don't know me, then you know what? Maybe you will. But I deal in 100% real. And the handshake line is complete bullshit. I used to, I used to just because I felt like it, I'd, I'd hate, man, I'd make sure I looked every guy in the eye just to piss them off. And we lost a lot of games. Here's what happens with coaches in the handshake line. You got the Izzo when he wins. You got the Krzyzewski, the Pat. Wait a second. I've seen Krzyzewski put his hand on the chest of guys. Oh, wait a second now. Should everybody fight Coach K? You got the Tom Crean walk by, right? You got all those. You got the hug because two guys know each other. You got the stop and talk. We got all kind of bullshit stuff in the handshake line. And it's all crap. Players do this. True story. That's all they do. That's it. I'm telling you, that's all that I don't care whether anybody ever that played or coached my thought, get rid of that idiotic thing. It is not about sportsmanship. It's about, we have to do this. That's all it's about. What Mike Woodson, I love Woody. Woody just goes, Hey, NBA style. Nobody gives a shit about, you know what became a big deal in Indiana, how Tom Crean was going to handle the handshake line. Get rid of that thing today, tomorrow, and the next day. It is asinine. It serves no purpose. I don't care what my good friends that actually agree with the handshake line think. I'm telling you what I think because the name of the show is Don't At Me. Damian Woody last night, that noted ESPN basketball expert, said, and I quote, uh, this is a, <laughs> ridiculous, not dumb, just ridiculous guys are. Damian Woody said, uh, John Howard's about that action. So here's what that action is to Damian Woody. That's that action in modern day world. That's that action. 
Oh, man, will we ever just get to what is right and wrong? If you think Joe Krabinoff did wrong, then you got you to suspend him. If you think any of the players did wrong, you got to suspend him. If you think Guard did wrong, you got to suspend him. If you think Howard did wrong, you got to suspend him. You investigate and suspend. No mitigating circumstance. No your people, like Ryan Clark said. No defending the undefensible just because of either race or politics or whatever, or your school alignment. Just get back to what's right and wrong. If you don't think Jawan Howard did anything wrong and you're the commissioner of the Big Ten, then so be it. If you think Jawan Howard did something wrong and, and you're the commissioner and AD, so be it. I put a poll out today. What should happen if you were Michigan? What would you do? Suspend it for a game or two. Suspend for the season. Fire or nothing. 3% said nothing. 26% said fired. 55% said suspend for the season. And 16% said suspend a game or two. That's cool with me. Like, I don't think he should be fired. I don't want him fired. But again, I don't want anybody fired. I just want stupid to stop. Seriously. Look, we've had worse incidents. If you go back, like, a good friend of mine tried to hit me with Bobby Knight's chair throw was worse. Yeah, maybe. But see, to me, I see guys throw water coolers in baseball, and I'm like, eh, maybe it is. But I got to tell you, Damian Woody said, well, there have been far worse incidents. Maybe there has. But I've never seen a coach, ever, in my 30 years, I've never seen a coach take a hand and smack another coach or a player in a fight ever. Now, go back to Louisville, South Carolina, 1986. You want to see a fight? That's a fight. There have been fights among players, but I've never seen a coach in my life do that. I don't know what he's supposed to get because I've never seen it. Guys are paid a lot of money. Kevin Warren's a great dude, the ace of the Big Ten commissioner. Ward Manuel, I already said, great dude. Ward Manuel defended me against some idiot administrator at Michigan, and I am forever in his debt. I don't know what you're supposed to do. What the hell do I know? But if you're going to bitch, whine, and moan about it, take it up with the AD. Take it up with them. Just do that. I mean, you know, and move on if you think. Don't, it ain't my call, man. Uh, It ain't my call. It ain't my call. But we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we are. I'm telling you, I got to college. I don't consider myself in college basketball this year. I don't. Like a lot of guys at broadcast, and you know, in fact, when I broadcast, I didn't consider myself in college basketball because if I'm not, if I'm not inside of a team on a lock, you know, I'm not really inside, I'm outside. You know, one of the reasons I never like talking to coaches before the game because I didn't want to hear their bullshit. There's a couple I like talking to. But the truth of the matter is, unless in the time I was inside college basketball, 1981 in the fall until last year, I never saw a coach do that. So I don't know what the punishment is. I guess we'll let Damian Woody and Ryan Clark tell us the punishment. WWRCD. (laughs) Uh, Dan, will you ever get back on ESPN? Not if I keep talking like that because you know how ESPN rolls. Ryan Clark actually went, you people, to Clay Travis. You people. Go to Clay's and buy a T-shirt. 
You people, Clay's going to join us coming up here at 10 o'clock. Last, last night, we did have interesting stuff. Wisconsin beat the hell out of Michigan. Obviously, Jawan Howard cried about it. But as a good game, Johnny Davis, best player in the country, I'm starting to think. If not him, Jaden Ivey. If not him, Jabari Smith. Holy hell, is Jabari Smith good. Rutgers went into Purdue. And I, all right, I'm going to talk about this basically all day. If you watch college basketball, Purdue's the loudest place on television. Now, I'm not, all I know is this. Duke gets loud, but Mackey is out of its mind loud this year. I mean, out of its mind loud. Tennessee and South Carolina. South Carolina, oh, my God. I watched some of that. They're just better than everybody. And that's a dumb thing to say, right? That makes it like they're not coached. No, they're coached great. No, they're set up beautifully. Their defense is spectacular. But they're just better than everybody. What do you want me to tell you? What the hell? Uh, Providence Butler. Now, you're like, why are we talking about this? Number one, you know I love Providence. If you watch this show, I talk about Providence like my son's on the staff. He's not, but I like Ed Cooley. Providence was down 19 at home in Hinkle, which Hinkle folks consider the cathedral of basketball. It's kind of a dump that they dressed up, but I'll give it to you. I hate this because I'm a big Lavelle Jordan fan. He was great to my son when my son played at Michigan, and Lavelle was a, uh, <clears throat> an assistant there. Excuse me. Butler was up 19 at home in Hinkle, lost in overtime. That is a crushing loss. Crushing. I mean crushing, and I don't like it because I don't like it for Lavelle Jordan. I'll tell you this today, tomorrow, the next. I don't want anybody fired. I've been, well, I've never really been fired. Everywhere I've been, my contract has run out. Bowling Green, my contract ran out. Indiana, they didn't rehire me. ESPN, my contract ran out. I got this job, and I like it a lot better because I don't have to be looking over my shoulder at Mike Schiffman or Stephanie Drooley. What would you say today? Oh, my God. You can't – well, well, Dan, you, you got to go swimming with somebody that's not your wife while Ryan Clark calls us you people. Nice. All right, tonight, Indiana-Ohio State. Man, I went to the Indiana-Ohio State game. Indiana beat the shit out of them. Why'd they beat the shit out of them? Because they were just better. They had bigger guys. Ohio State coming off a bad loss. Indiana needs a win like I need hair. I mean, it's literally that simple. They need a win so bad, and I mean so bad. I'm talking about Jawan Howard all day, so keep it right here. Uh, If you want to. If you would like to, on my pinned tweet, go to at Dan Dockage. The show is on there. But under my pinned tweet, if you would like to make comments, I'll read them on air. We'll get into that. I also got the All-Star game last night. Brian Flores joins the Steelers, and I ain't mad about it. Also tonight, Arizona State, UCLA. I think UCLA is going to win by 6,810. I do. Uh, by the way, the YouTube chat is absolutely popping. I mean popping. So join us there. Uh, we'll talk about it. But what would Ryan Clark do? What would you people do? And then go hide behind God. I don't know what's going to happen to Juwan Howard. How the hell do I know? But I do know this. Whatever happens to Juwan Howard, take it up with your, F- with your AD. Take it up with the commissioner, who both, by the way, are African-American. Because I know we got to say that in today's society. It can't just be what's right 
or what's wrong. We got to preface everything. You people stay right here, will you please? We got a lot more show to get to. What would Ryan Clark do? Uh, Ryan Clark went all racist and called uh, us, I guess, me and Chad and, you know, Paul and Clay. I mean, he called us you people, Jonathan. We're you people. Hey, you people. How are you, Chad? Nice to see you. How's everything? It's great, Dan. It's always better when I get to see your beautiful face. So thanks for having me on today. (laughs) Uh, You had a great tweet. How about we wait five years before we call someone a great coach? You were talking to Howard about Juwan Howard. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how we're in such a rush to either label someone great or a bust. And this goes across, you know, all of coaching or playing. And, Dan, I don't have to tell you this. You've seen it. You've seen coaches who've gotten off to an amazing start at a respective school or gotten off to a terrible start at a respective school, and they turn out to be the exact opposite of what you think. I I think that all the love for Jawan Howard, while in the beginning you could easily say, hey, it's warranted because, you know, the guy is winning, you need to sit back and wait. You know, there's a body of work that matters. And I think too often we look at a small body of work and say, okay, this is who this person is, and this is who they are as a person and as a coach. And I think we're seeing now with Jawan Howard, I'm not saying he's a bad person, but we're seeing with Jawan Howard, okay, there's some cracks in the facade. We saw it with the incident against Maryland in the Big Ten tournament, and of course with what happened yesterday. And this is a team that's underachieved this year also. You know, let's take it away just from not what's happening with Jawan Howard's temper but what's happening with this Michigan Wolverines basketball team. They're not very good this year, and I don't think many people saw that coming coming into the season. They've been a disappointment on the court also. So, look, I'm willing to give a coach, you know, a couple of bad seasons also before giving up on them. But we got to pump the brakes a little bit on just crowning someone very early in their career. And let's see a longer body of work before deciding once and for all who that coach is. You know, it's interesting. I've said this about numerous coaches and for Ryan Clark's edification, both black and white. Uh, you get a bump when you take over a great program from a great coach. And I said this, you know, Mike Davis, when he took over at Indiana, he got kind of a Bob Knight bump. You know what I mean? Like for a couple of years, it goes OK. And then that wears off. And then you've got to build your own program. Everybody's been involved uh, that has taken over Beeline, great program at Michigan. So I'm, I'm with you. The other thing that I, I know, and I don't think this, I know this, uh, there have been other things behind the scenes with television people that Howard has involved himself with, including threatening one. Um, that factors in, I think, don't you, or maybe you don't, when you're deciding a punishment after the incident yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to take into account everything uh, with the individual that they've done. You know, you, get, you take into account what happened um, at, at, against Maryland. You also take into account you know the guy better than anyone else. I mean, if you're the athletic department in Michigan, you know, you hear things, you see things, you know what players tell you, you know what assistant coaches tell you, you know what alumni tell you about a guy. So I think it all adds up when you look at, at an incident. And I'm with you, Dan. I've been listening to your show this morning. I've been reading you on Twitter. I'm not all for firing the guy right now. I don't see that and think, okay, you automatically have to fire him after this incident. But Jawan Howard shouldn't be coaching the rest of this season. I think that's pretty easy to see. I mean, this should be a rest of the season, uh, some sort of suspension with 
anger management if you want or whatever you want to add on to it. But I think we've probably seen the last, and we should have seen the last of Jawan Howard this season. But if there are other things going on than what we all have seen with the Maryland incident, with the, uh, I don't know if you call it a pie face hit, punch, slap from yesterday, with that going on, if there's other things happening, the administration at Michigan, they have to take that into account. And keep in mind also the Big Ten can only suspend it for two games. So if it's going to be the rest of the season, it's going to have to be a joint decision from the University of Michigan and the Big Ten. So it's Michigan that knows better than anyone else. They're going to be the ones ultimately that's got the responsibility to say, all right, we know more. We know what's going on here. This guy needs to sit for the rest of the season. And I think that's ultimately what we're going to see. And I hope that's what we see. But again, I'm not also I'm also not hoping for the guy to be fired. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I, I, look, I've said, and I'll, I'll continue to say, I, I mean, I may kill, you know, not kill, but I may crush the general manager of the Colts or the coach, but I don't want anybody fired. Here's something interesting, and I want your take on this, Chad, because I view you as really smart, and I view me as a uh, – I'm, I'm a cheat. I take other people's stuff. Uh, a very smart man, in fact, a man who, might, who is, who has the ear of every commissioner – he has the ear of every athletic director, every NCAA board member, just sent me this text. He's watching the show. Dan, it's, and I'm not going to say his name because I didn't ask him whether or not he wants his name involved in this. He said it's important to watch Howard's actions before guard engages him. He pulls his mask down and is clear, clearly saying something that causes guard to engage him. Bizarre that no one has pointed that out could be the most important element in all of this. What do you I think? agree with him. Uh, completely agree with him. And, and Jawan Howard kind of admitted now, if, if we believe what he's saying in the press conference, which none of us believe what he's saying about him feeling threatened uh, by someone and why he threw a punch, which is ridiculous <laughs> that he couldn't just own it in the press conference with time to think about it. But Jawan Howard says, I was in the process of telling him I'm going to remember this. And he's, you can see he's barking at him as he passes him. And I give – this is – and this is great what you're saying. There are things that are nuanced in life and in sports, and we can talk about the nuance surrounding that. There are times where there are multiple sides to every story, and you can really get into it and find out, okay, there's different degrees of right and wrong with something. This is a very clear – one person is very wrong in this story. Because guard hears him barking at him, and I, you can see he stops him to try to explain, okay, here's what I'm thinking with the timeout. And that's when Howard, it really escalates from that point on. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm watching that take place, and once Howard explained it the way he did, I was informing him that I'm going to remember this bleep the next time. Guard tries to stop him to have a conversation like men, like humans are supposed to do to explain himself, and that's when it really gets heated and escalates. And I, I'm with you on this, Dan. I mean, there's I, – I don't want to hear about the different degrees of wrong and all this. It led to an ugly incident. You know, I'm laughing at the assistant coach doing the DX WWF move uh, with the suck it at the end of it. You know, probably shouldn't have done that. 
But Jawan Howard is the one to blame for this, right? I mean, you look at what happened, and I don't think there's any other explanation to it. Coaches can't be, you know, open face, open hand slapping other coaches and walking by and yelling things at them. And when the other coach decides to have a conversation with them, you can't throw a hissy fit uh, the way he did it. It just can't happen. He's got to be disciplined for it. I, I, I've said this earlier. I, I, look, I'm, I've watched college. But I was with the craziest of crazy. I mean, he threw a chair across the court. And I got some people saying, well, you know, two days from now is the anniversary of Coach Knight throwing a chair across the court. And if you want to think that's as egregious as this, then fine, fine. But I've seen that in other sports. I've seen, I've seen you know, baseball managers throw everything out there. All right. But I've never seen a coach slap a guy, <laughs> smack a guy. And the idea, well, it's not a punch, it's a slap. Let me tell you something. Six foot 10, 250, he hits you, you're hit. I don't give a damn what, people, what Twitter warriors want to say or Michigan fans want to say and act like they're tough when, they, you know, uh, if their dog jumps on them, they have a hernia. I don't want to hear all that crap. I mean, you, you just don't do that. You just don't hit a guy. I, I don't think. But what well, the hell and do you I don't. I mean, uh, you don't – even if he went up and just shoved the guy two-handed in, in the chest, right? I mean, the, the, that is a, a rest-of-the-season suspendable offense if he were to do that. And, Dan, I feel like you could teach a college course – on coaches throwing having temper tantrums uh, with the experience that you oh, had. No doubt. Time. And I did. Hey, I did. Chad, I was insane. Like, my players will tell you, I mean, great, like, scream for five hours. But I never touched anyone because I just figured I'd get my ass beat. <laughs> There's no dignity. No, I get it. I do. But, again, all right, let me – I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I didn't mean to. What What do you think – what do you think is going to happen here ultimately? Not what you want to happen. What do you think is going to happen? I think Jawan Howard gets suspended for the rest of the season. I think he's done coaching this season. I, I think, you know, there's, uh, you know, five games, I think, left and then a, a, a Big Ten tournament. I think he sits for the rest of the season. I think that they talk about steps forward – uh, to regain the trust of the university and, and all of that, you know, stuff that they're going to put in some statement from a university that's going to be read over by a bunch of lawyers and alumni and everything else. And I think he comes back next year. But it's a troubling trend uh, with Jawan Howard. And he looks childish. Uh, he looks like a guy who can't handle losing. Let, let's get down. To, let's, As a buddy of mine once said, we're going to boil this down to the low gravy on this and what's really happening. Jawan Howard's pissed off that he got his ass kicked. And, and that's what you saw at the end exactly. of that game. And that is absolutely what happened. They got whipped by Wisconsin. He's mad. If you want the game to be over so bad, don't press with seconds left in the game. Back off and let them dribble out the clock, and the game's over. He's pressing. Then he gets mad. They call a timeout. He's got to sit there and stew a little bit more and look at his team that he's mad at for getting their ass kicked by Wisconsin. And then he goes in there, and he he, he, he goes off on the at the mouth and – says something to the coach, and then the coach tries to talk to him, and he ends up slapping a guy. I mean, it's it's a temper problem. Uh, it's something that should never happen, not just, you know, professional sports, college sports. Coaches shouldn't be swinging on other coaches, regardless of the situation. It's an awful look for Michigan. And I want to hear from the Michigan fans that want to scream about being a Michigan man and what it means to be Michigan men. Because I've seen a lot of defense of Juwan Howard from quote-unquote Michigan men. I want them to explain to me exactly what a Michigan man is, if that's your representative of a Michigan man. Man, I 
I paid about $200,000 to Michigan. My son got a degree there, and my son's like, ah, move along. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's coaching. He's like, eh, um, let me go this route with you because I've talked about this a lot on my show in Indy. The biggest excuse people make, well, you shouldn't put your hands on another man. Well, that's bullshit, truthfully, because the truth of the matter is there's a difference between grabbing a guy and saying, hey, hey, Let's talk about this. I think that's all bullshit. Like, are we supposed, is everybody supposed to walk around with their hands in their pockets? I mean, if I, if I dance with my wife in my, in my living room or in my kitchen, can she then sue me or whatever? I, I think, I, I don't think what Greg Gard did with putting your hands on Howard made Howard fearful even in the slightest. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I'm going just by what Jawan Howard and Guard said after the game as to what exactly happened from their from their perspective. I'm with you, Dan. I don't think there's anything wrong with if you were to walk up to me and we saw each other at some outkick the tailgate show and you had a problem with me and you did a drive-by and walked past and yelled something at me. And I just wanted to have a conversation with you about whatever disagreement we had. And you kept walking and I reached out and just grabbed your arm to try to talk to you. I don't find anything wrong with that. I think there's so many, the problem is people try to make a black and white rule when one really doesn't apply to that. There's a huge difference and everyone can acknowledge this from shoving someone from throwing a punch or a slap or whatever else you want to call it to just trying to get someone's attention and grabbing them to have a conversation with them. And that is what I saw from guard. Uh, Juwan Howard was angry, yelled something at him. Guard wanted to stop him and talk about it, and at least explain his side of the story. Uh, that does not rise to the level of now I must punch you because someone grabbed your arm to try to have a conversation with you. There are so many different levels to that. And I think smart people can acknowledge that and should look at it and see it for what it is. You know, I've seen coaches touch referees. Hey, hey, come here. You know, I mean, is that what? What's the level? You know, here. Um, I will say this. I don't know what Joe Krabinoff was or wasn't saying, but he was saying enough that when I, I think a kid was Williams on his right hand side, he had engaged. The player had engaged with Krabinoff. So I'm not going to say Krabinoff. Um, if you investigate, I'm, let me put it this way, because I don't know. But if you investigate, I'm gonna, I want to be curious to see what Krabenhoff's involvement was this that led Howard to come back and go over the top chicken blank style. Well, and so I, I think Krabenhoff's going to end up being like the kid in middle school uh, who gets beat up on the playground and still gets a, a two-day suspension and his parents get mad at him because he was involved in a fight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a suspension come for him, whether it's warranted or not. I mean, should he have escalated the situation? Is it his place? as an assistant coach to step up and start, you know, yelling stuff at the opposing head coach? Probably not. I understand also that he's seeing this take place and he's in there defending his guys. And he probably has a problem with Juwan Howard too. And he wanted to say something to him when all this is going on. And, and that to me is what looked like was going on. He's in there. He's barking at Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard, who's engaged in this, whatever's going on with guard is looking over guard's head. You know, the big intimidating Greg Gard, that he's standing over, uh, he's a good 10 inches taller than him, looking over his head, and he sees this assistant coach saying something to him and decides to take a swipe at him. Um, but I, I can also see, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know what he said. I'm not sure that he deserves a suspension. 
But I, I could see this assistant coach ending up like the kid in middle school that gets beat up on the playground but has to get suspended just because a fight happened one way or the other. That's what it looks like to me. One of the things about Kravinov, that's a tough dude. And Juwan was smart by going over the top and then backing away after. Joe Thomas, actually, the, uh, the soon-to-be <laughs> Hall of Fame uh, left tackle of the Browns, said the exact same thing. It, it was really kind of funny. Uh, Michigan people, if you have a problem with any of it, take it up with your AD, man. Take it up with your commissioner. Don't be bitching at me or, or Chad because we're not the ones going to make this decision. Yeah, I got a guy. I, I got a guy saying, "Well, you know, uh, Mark Few is going to get less of a suspension for a DUI than what Juwan Howard is." And, and Chad, my answer is, take it up with your AD. I mean, <laughs> what? what? take it up with your commissioner because those are the guys making the decision, not you and me. Well, and it's, look, here's the other thing too. And and people want to always make these uh, equivalencies on something, you know, a personal mistake you make or a law you break. Um, All of America wasn't watching Mark Few get that DUI, right? Mark Few, while that's a big mistake and a dumb move by him, and he should be disciplined by his university in some way, I'm, I'm not sitting, sitting here saying it's okay to get DUIs, but I'm also saying there's a difference when you are wearing your school's logo and you are representing your university on a network, on national television, and you are coaching young men that you've recruited to that university. So there's a, a big difference between that. There are different types of crimes in this world. And while I'm not saying Juwan Howard committed a crime with what he did and should go to jail or anything like that, what he did was he committed a crime against his reputation and against Michigan's reputation for all to see. That's a very different crime than getting a DUI where you're not necessarily on television representing your university. Again, Mark Few should be disciplined. Dumb mistake. Shouldn't do that. But it's not the same thing. And Jawan Howard doing that for all to see. And now this is a trend with what you saw a year ago and what, Dan, you're talking about maybe happening uh, as well that we're not seeing all the time. This is a continuing problem now for Jawan Howard that has to be addressed. I agree. I mean, look, I I agree. And, again, I don't want anybody fired, but I I know one story for 1,000% truth about how he handled the TV guy, and it was not, hey, look, just leave practice. It was, hey, you giving me lip like he's some, you know. Juwan picks on the smaller coaches. (laughs) Turgeon, you know, I mean, tough guy, scrappy. Guard was a deputy sheriff, so I, I get it. There's a great video, Chad, of the interactions between Howard and Guard, and it looked uber-friendly to me, like beyond just two guys coaching in the same league. And I think that gives a little context to maybe what Guard was saying. Let me go this route with you. As a coach, you may have a difference of opinion. Now, as a coach, I never cared what anybody did. You want to beat me by 30? I don't give a crap. I'll shake your hand because of that dumbass, uh, you know, handshake line. But I'm not going to get upset by it. You want to... If I want to beat you by 30 and I want to keep my starters in, look, maybe there's a reason I'm doing it. I think Guard was well within his rights to coach his team in the last 15 seconds, as was Howard well within his rights to coach his team within the last 15 seconds. What do you I, think? I think there's a – and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Dan, because I'm, I've never coached, uh, obviously not to your level. But I feel like there's sort of a an unspoken gentleman's agreement at times that, okay, the game is over, we're calling off the dogs. And if you decide to press at any point, it's all fair game. 
If it's a 14, 15 point game right. late and Greg Gard wants to coach his guys, he's got his subs in, right? He's got all of his reserves in the game. If he wants to continue coaching hard and coaching up his guys, he is well within his right to call timeout and not get a 10 second violation. That's coaching. You can't turn that off. I mean, if you want to back off into a two, three zone and sit back and let Wisconsin dribble out the clock and take a, a shot late in the, in the shot clock, fine. Both coaches at that point kind of know the deal and know what's going on. You don't have to sit there and have a conference about it and talk about it. The coach on the other sideline guard would look over and say, okay, he's conceding. Let's get this thing to the finish line and be done with it. But if you're going to full court press and I've got my reserves in, I've got kids in that don't often play, you're damn right I'm going to keep coaching them. And if it means calling a timeout to not get a 10-second violation so they get another possession against a team that's pressing me, I think he's well within his right to do that. I, I found no problem with that. I, I was shocked that Juwan Howard got as upset as he did about that. Well, I, I, look, Fran Frischella said Howard just didn't know the rule. I mean, that's, that's not me saying it. That's Fran saying it, that the clock, you go to four seconds, not, not reset the 10 seconds when you call a timeout. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I was one of the players and I was on the cusp, maybe I was the ninth man trying to get an eighth man. I don't want to turn over in a minute because I'll tell you this, coaches look at it. So, I, I look, I, I, I get it. I, I, I do. Hey, uh, before I let you go, what do you guys got on today? What's going on? Uh, today? We, we're going to have some fun with this uh, today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, Juwan Howard and get into this. You know, a big weekend of basketball one thing we're going to discuss, Dan, is I actually watched uh, the All-Star Game halftime last night with the NBA 75 unveiling and Michael Jordan being on the court, a guy that you once dominated in a game, I believe. Um, and I, I'm, I'm amazed. Yes. Here's my little teaser for our, our segment, in my opinion, on this. I'm amazed that the NBA could take something that should be so big and so important and make it look so small at times. It's, it's a weird event at halftime oh, where sure. there were times where it felt like it was as important as it should be with this all 75 team and other times where I'm thinking this looks like it was so hastily thrown together that I can't believe the NBA is actually selling it this way. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, talk about Jawan Howard, get into everything that happened over the weekend. Hey, what, what, what did you see that made it seem small in the half? So I'll give you one example. Uh, Larry Bird was one of them. Scotty Pippen, uh, another one. Um, they had this thing where if you weren't there to be introduced, they, they did it on Zoom or something or it's pre-recorded where they're waving to the crowd. And it was the most awkward thing that I've ever seen. And I'm also, maybe this is, you know, you're a Midwest guy. So maybe this is, you know, my Southeast uh, bias coming in. But uh, I can't get that excited about an all-star game in Cleveland, that this is where you decide the NBA 75 <laughs> unveiling is going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. It just – it felt like it was at times really well done and really well produced. And at other times I'm thinking, couldn't we do better than Spike Lee, J.B. Smoove, and Tiffany Haddish introducing the best centers and forwards and guards of all time? Um, because the star power that was there last night was impressive, but other facets of this just was completely unimpressive. Yeah, the waving thing. I think Scottie Pippen didn't show because he thought Michael would beat his ass for what he's been saying about him. <laughs> what was funny was seeing Michael and Dennis Rodman greet each other. That's the only person I saw Michael Jordan greet and talk to during this whole ceremony. Uh, but the Scottie Pippen thing, 
I mean, even Larry Bird, you know, who looked completely uncomfortable, as you would expect, doing this. It was just, it was weird. It was like they, they were told they're going to put a crowd around you in the shot and you're going to be waving at the crowd. Instead, it was just a blank backdrop, like what's behind me right now, and, and just waving to no one. And it, it was almost like they were in on a practical joke and they were, they were clowning these guys. It was odd. That's really – I saw that. You're right. As soon as I asked that question and you went there, I'm like, oh, I know what you're talking about because – hey, you like the Elam ending? Say that again. Do you like the Elam ending where you go to a target score? Oh, I did, yes. No, I, we're going to talk about that too. That, that was really cool. I mean, it almost looked scripted uh, that it was LeBron James, you know, hitting the last shot in Cleveland in the end because Steph Curry kept yeah. missing the long threes. But uh, I, I really like that part of it. I actually watched the last four or five minutes where they were trying to hit that target score, and that that was somewhat fun. And I'm not a big all-star game fan of, in any sport, but that last five minutes was fun. And, again, the halftime was cool to watch and see all those those old-timers out on the court together again. Uh, but uh, I, I just thought it could have been done a, a lot better at halftime. Have a great show today, my friend. Great stuff today. Thanks for taking a few minutes Always fun, with us. Dan. Great job as always, and – uh, look forward to having you on our show this week. Can't wait. Every Wednesday, I join the fellas at Outkick 360, 3 to 6 right here, uh, 2 to 5 in your, if you're in the South. All right, the man, the boss. The boss is going to join us. He's getting ready to interview uh, Donald Trump, but Clay Travis is going to join us, and it's going to be fun, I guarantee, when we come back. Hey, all right, everybody straighten up. The boss is here. Everybody sit up a little taller. Everybody stand straighter. Everybody cut your hair, shave your beard. Let's go. Clay Travis joins us from a hotel room. Are you getting ready to interview Donald Trump? Yeah, we're going to interview uh, – well, we're having him on for the show tomorrow, the radio show. So I'm down in uh, Palm Beach in my hotel room getting ready for uh, for my show, which will be on uh, here in a couple hours. And, uh, yeah, then tomorrow we're going to be live from Mar-a-Lago with uh, with President Trump. So uh, that's a pretty cool uh, that's, that's a pretty cool thing to uh, to, to be doing. So uh, that is uh, that's the reason that I'm down here as opposed to uh, to back home. That's the second time for you and, and the president, right? Yeah, we had uh, we've had the president on twice on uh, twice on our play and buck show, uh, and we had him on twice uh, on the. Uh, on the Outkick the Coverage show, the Sports Talk Radio morning show I did. And then uh, we also interviewed him live at the White House as well for Outkick. So I think this will be the uh, the sixth or so time that we've had uh, that we've had Trump uh, in the last uh, couple of years. It's freaking great. Hey, all right, Juwan Howard, what'd you, before we get into Ryan Clark and you people... <laughs> Uh, what, what did you think of the whole incident? So, uh, I, I don't know if they've announced, I haven't, uh, been, been paying attention. They still haven't announced the suspension. Am I correct in that? Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised said, yeah. that they didn't go ahead and suspend him for the rest of the year last night, uh, yesterday evening. Um, I think that's probably the, uh, the, the, the right amount. If you're looking for, you know, how do you assess what the punishment should be? especially given issues that he's had in the past. I think it makes it easier because they're 14 and 11 and the likelihood of them really getting on a run uh, this year in the NCAA tournament seems low. The likelihood of them even really making the NCAA tournament in general doesn't seem 
uh, very likely, depending on how the last month of the season goes. But, um, but yeah, I think that's the right resolution. I, I'm curious. You've been in college basketball for way longer uh, and know way more than I do. What percentage of coaches do you think have wanted to punch at, or slap or hit the opposing coach at some point during their career? I got to figure it's 99%, right? <laughs> I mean, every coach has had to at some point had a coach that they wanted to, whether it was in uh, you know, the, the handshake line or in the middle of the game when they're arguing you know, alongside of an official about what exactly a ruling's going to be. Would you go with 99%, just about every single one of them, wanted to do what Jawan Howard did? Uh, I am shuffling through my head, like, who didn't want to? And there was always – and it's not only what happens on the court. Oh, yeah. Coaches, the issues on what happened this summer, you know, in recruiting. I know what you're doing. Like, I never did anything wrong. You did everything wrong. You know what I mean? Oh, Clay, the backstory. I told Bob Knight one time when he said there needs to be more coaches on the NCAA basketball committee, I said no, because coaches are so effing petty that they can't get by. You got to have independent people. Because Clay, every guy has a guy that they've wanted to do that to. No question about it. Yeah, so my thing on it is – Yeah, well, I mean, my thing on it is everybody who has ever coached at any level of college basketball has probably wanted to do that. Yet, by and large, they've all avoided doing it, right? Um, And so uh, this, to me, is why there has to be some sort of, you know, significant penalty. And look, I mean, to me, the bigger picture here story that's not being told is if Jawan Howard was angry about the game and wanted it to be over, stop pressing. Right. Just drop your guys back into a normal defense and Wisconsin probably dribbles the ball out uh, and the game is over. So it's a little bit to me when you're Jawan Howard and you're complaining about the timeout. Well, if you're still trying to beat my guys, particularly if they're backups, I want to give them a chance to have some measure of success. If you drop your guys back into a zone and basically say, hey, this game's over. You probably have the ball get dribbled out. Everybody goes off. They may not be happy. But for Jawan Howard to be upset and feel like he's in the right over the way that situation played itself out, to me, uh, deserves oftentimes more explanation and examination than probably it's receiving. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You are a lawyer. Let me run this by you, okay? Let me just, the, the smartest man that I know who literally has the ear of everybody in the NCAA, and he can call every AD, every commissioner, and they'll take the call or give a call back, is a good friend of mine. I'm not saying his name because I don't know if he wants his name said. He sent me this text. Give me your thoughts from a law perspective. Uh, important to watch Howard's actions before guard engages him. He pulls his mask down, is clearly saying something that causes guard to engage. Bizarre that no one has pointed this out. 
could be the most important element in all of this. What are your thoughts on that? Well, one, I mean, I was just kind of having some fun with this, uh, and I've argued this for years. Whether or not you get into severe punishment when you do dumb things, oftentimes, potentially even more than dumb things, oftentimes has to do with how much you win, right? So I've said for a long time, which college coach could get away with the most, potentially a murder charge, you know, kind of hyperbolically having fun with it, Nick Saban is the answer to me. Like Alabama, it doesn't matter what Nick Saban did, Alabama fans would be like, well, you know, he deserves his day in court. You know, I, I don't think we should, I don't think we have to move on from him. It's like, but wait a minute, Nick Saban just pulled out a gun and shot at somebody at mid at midfield after the get. Well, you know, coach was a little bit ornery there. You know, you don't know what, you don't know the backstory <laughs> there. I mean, Alabama fans, because of how good Nick Saban is, uh, would make excuses for him. So, I think in general, one of the questions here is, you know this, a lot of times when you get into, hey, should we or shouldn't we in terms of punishment, in terms of uh, keeping a coach, it's whether or not the coach is winning at a high level. So that is the number one question, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, is how happy are Michigan administrators, his bosses, with the direction and the trajectory of the Michigan program under Jawan Howard, right? Um, and I know that he's had good NCAA tournament success of late, uh, but to me that is a uh, that is a really intriguing question here that goes a long way towards trying to explain what is likely to happen here. Um, and uh, my bet is that they that they are going to decide to suspend him for the rest of the year, as I said earlier. And that all factors in. Why did it happen? What was the backstory? It seems to me that Jawan Howard started it uh, to the extent that anybody starts anything by saying what he did about the uh, timeout being taken. I think you can hear the audio on one of them, and he says, I'll remember that, uh, something along uh, something along those lines. And then, remember, he ends up lashing out and hitting somebody who was not even there on the initial uh, in, in the initial confrontation. So the whole thing was uh, – Again, indicative of what could be larger anger management issues, which certainly have shown themselves some uh, with Jawan Howard so far in his coaching tenure so far. And the fact that he didn't immediately accept blame for it uh, in the uh, in the postgame, I thought, was a, a bad, uh, bad PR move by him. If you were the AD, what would you do? If I were the AD. Would you just go suspend? Yeah, if I were the AD, I'd suspend it for the rest of the year. And and look, it would be a tougher call if Michigan were a one or two seed, right? And they and you thought, hey, this team has a chance to win a championship this year. Uh, I don't know that then I would suspend him for the rest of the year because I do think that would be more challenging. But when you're sitting, I think they're fourteen and eleven, uh, and uh, you're you're just kind of you know plotting your way, for lack of a better word, through a mediocre season. I think it's a lot easier to say, hey, this is uh, the last straw, right? Like, you can't ever behave like this again. We know he had the issue with Maryland. Um, Certainly, you can't put your hands on any players or coaches again. uh, And uh, this is the last straw. I would probably suspend him for the rest of the year. What about you? What would you do? Man, see, I know my thing is always the same. Like the backstory here is not great because he has been acting. I said it on my show, on this show last week, even before all this, I said, Juwan Howard has been acting like a jerk, a jackass uh, to different people behind the scenes. And I actually said, I'm rooting for Iowa because of that. He did something to a very good friend of mine. Um, 
uh, that's in the TV business that that you know speaks to what he ended up doing. I would suspend him for the rest of the season. I don't think I would fire him unless there's a ton more yeah. stuff uh, that I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, I I don't know the answer. Uh, I just don't like people getting fired. It's just the way, for whatever the reason, the way that I am. Uh, I, I, I am. Um, let me let me go this route with you. So then the reaction, right? Uh, Ryan Clark last night came at you, and he dropped a you people. I think we're going to put it up here full screen. He dropped a you people on you and essentially me uh, because I'm on your network and a bunch of other folks. Um, you've got T-shirts to sell. What was your take on Ryan Clark? I know you're trying to help ESPN. Uh, what was your take on Yeah, I've on offered that? To, to, I mean, first of all, this kind, uh, this kind of horrible <laughs> racism shouldn't be allowed to stand uh, against uh, your people, a.k.a. my people, whoever those people are. Um, I just, it's, I, it's clear that they need another diversity and inclusion seminar at ESPN, and I've, I've, I've just had the, out of the, the, the generousness of my heart, the, the complete generosity, I've uh, offered to uh, to handle their diversity and inclusion seminar and uh, and lead that myself to make sure that we can uh, end the scourges of uh, of, of in, in, uh, the lack of inclusivity there in that uh, uh, in that tweet. But look, I was uh, about to hop on a flight to Florida uh, when this uh, when this video happened when the incident went viral, and so I went into uh, sometimes the trending topics to see what is being said to see if I could get some more information on the background to see what the coaches were going to say in their, uh, in, in their pressers right afterwards. And so I went in there and I saw, and I don't have that tweet in front of me right now, but Ryan Clark was one of the featured trending, uh, you know, people in the Jawan Howard tab. And he was, he was like something, something akin to, Oh, they're really going to come after him now. And they're really going to do things to him. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I saw that and I'm like, well, you know, of course they are. I mean, he slapped a guy in a handshake line. I mean, that's as bad of a, uh, as bad of a college athletics coach related behavior as I have seen in a decade or more, right? Uh, you know, players sometimes do dumb things. Uh, we've seen fans do dumb things, but in terms of a head coach at a major program, putting his hands like, uh, on another person. Of course, he's going to get a significant uh, punishment. So I, you know, responded. I think to uh, to his take, and again, it was just one of the things that Twitter was focusing on in the trending topics. And then, uh, and then he fired back there, and it didn't go well from him from that point forward. Uh, but you know, look, the the reality is, uh, Jawan Howard needs to be treated the exact same as uh, as anybody else would in in that situation, right? Um, and you have the usual suspects like Ryan Clark, who immediately are going to defend Jawan Howard, I believe, entirely based on race. And uh, I don't know if it's descended into a racial mess already today, but it felt like it was headed that direction uh, almost immediately last night uh, because you had a, a black guy hit a white guy. Uh, and, uh, and immediately it, it, that, that seems like the world that we're in. Uh, where, uh, you know, if, if Ryan Clark had sent that tweet, uh, if, if I had sent that Clark, uh, that, that tweet to Ryan Clark, I probably would get fired, right? If I'm all caps, you're peopling him. Uh, and so it gets people all fired up. But really what I've been trying to do basically my entire career is treat everybody the exact same, regardless, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight, male, female, uh, whatever it is, 
and uh, and you know that isn't permissive right now in this uh, in this world that we live in, where we have a perpetual what I call pyramid of uh, victimization, and you're constantly assessing, okay, where uh, where is everybody outside on this pyramid of uh, victimization, and how do you slot someone in, and that determines not their actual actions. But their overall slotting on the pyramid of victimization determines what the punishment should be or how we should talk about things as opposed to their actual actions themselves. How's the T-shirt sales? Uh, we uh, of the new shirt. I haven't even gotten an update. I'm sure we've sold a bunch <laughs> of them. I'll, you know, certainly it'll be uh, it'll help when I wear it on the uh, when I wear it on the next Outkick show. I won't have an Outkick show today because I'm down in Florida and we don't have the set up here and then we've got the radio show with trump tomorrow but i'll be back in nashville on wednesday uh and i'll probably have an update by then let, let me go to something because i do, do you think that both white and black folks immediately look at these type of things through a victimization no i don't think i pyramid no, it's, meaning, it's a good question i think it's very driven by media I, I don't think most people's immediate reaction is oh this is some sort of uh you know racial battleground but i think there are people in media who have made their entire careers off of being perpetually aggrieved right um and and like i said in one of the tweets if a you know NFL owner had sent the same tweet to Ryan Clark that he sent to me, he probably would show up on ESPN and cry, right? Like, oh my God, this is like right. You know, and right. so much of that, I think, is uh, is a show, right? Like, I, I just I don't buy into uh, the idea that you're actually that emotionally fragile that somebody sends you a tweet and you're upset by it, and you go on the air, and you cry over it, right? Like, I think that we encourage and incentivize that kind of behavior, um, and uh, unfortunately, in social media, which is very emotion-based medium, um, and, uh, and frankly, I think that's why we get a lot wrong in this country, because logic and rationality and common sense when it comes to big issues that we're talking about, I think sports is just kind of a microcosm of that. Uh, as opposed to uh, as opposed to kind of responding as grown adults should, um, you know, we we respond as emotional children would because emotion is what drives much of the social media engine, and it's rewarded whether it's logical emotion or whether it's illogical emotion. There is a like and a retweet and a uh, and an endorsement uh, that comes from emotional response in a way that logic doesn't. Uh, by and large, on social media. When you look at certain people, and Ryan Clark is now one of them, do you immediately know, because <laughs> I do, do you immediately know that the element of victimization is coming? Well, I think, look, on let's, TV, let's take it back in a, in a big picture. Um, what what I look for all the time is, I, and some uh, this is maybe the law background for me, but Everything that I try to do is consider myself to be almost a judge, right? And a judge can't just willy-nilly be grabbing whatever ruling he or she wants to apply to the law because you set a precedent. And whatever precedent you have, you have to follow if you're a judge. That's why there's a great you know, legal aphorism, which is tough cases make bad law, because you might solve a case 
But in the process, you're setting an awful precedent for the days, the weeks, the months, the years ahead. And so I'm always in the back of my mind consciously trying to make sure that I treat like situations in a like manner. That is, treat everybody the same, whether you like it or not, uh, in terms of, you know, let's say defending somebody from cancel culture, right? Whether you're a fan of Dave Chappelle or, uh, or Kevin Hart or Joe Rogan or whoever is in sort of the cross, uh, cross uh, eyes right now who's being attacked, my position is going to be pretty straightforward. I abhor cancel culture. That's regardless of who's involved. You know, I defended Whoopi Goldberg uh, because I don't believe we should be in this process of trying to cancel people based on opinions we don't like. Similarly, I think the two twin pillars that are destroying our country from the inside right now that I wish I could remove are cancel culture, which I just talked about, and identity politics. And identity politics is basically what it says, right? If you look like someone, then that is, uh, that is more important than anything else, more important than what you think, more important uh, what you are like on uh, in, in terms of your individual, uh, uh, you know, sort of body chemistry and your and your overall universe of ideas. Right. What you look like defines you. That is identity politics. And there are a lot of people, a huge number of people in the world of sports that have taken identity politics from politics and brought it directly to sports. Uh, and I would say, you know, someone by and large like a Jamel Hill, who I think lost her mind uh, during the Donald Trump presidency, was somewhat interesting before that and then became a sort of uh, rote, mechanical, identity politics-laden uh, person such that you're not going to end up having that unique or interesting or even consistent of opinions because you're being defined not by what the facts are, but by what the identity of the people involved in an incident are that you're trying to analyze, if that makes any sense. So I hate cancel culture and identity politics. I want to go back. You're a lawyer. I want to go back to the incident. All right. A week ago, a kid was arrested, UCLA, walking out at Arizona, spitting on the crowd. Is there any part of you that thinks Howard should have been arrested? Yeah, so... I understand when people look at things that happen in the course of games and say, hey, I want prosecution. Like, I'm not of the opinion in general. Like, I don't think if a kid gets – if the kid's drunk in a game and they throw a water bottle on the court, I understand that they can be and probably will be arrested. My general inclination with that would be I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time in the court system adjudicating a kid who got drunk and threw a water bottle – uh, you know, or uh, or something like that onto a court or onto a field. I understand uh, that that happens. I understand that, uh, that 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 behavior can't be countenanced. But my general position on that would be uh, to treat it much like I'm saying with Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard should be suspended. I think the kid who does something stupid in the crowd should be suspended from being able to go to games. I don't know that it is uh, beneficial to society to have him get a public defender and have the DA try to determine what the charges are there. Um, you know, I, I, I understand that you could have a, uh, you know, assault or battery or whatever the, the classification would be in the state of Wisconsin for what Joan Howard did. In general, I don't know that, uh, that, that I believe that makes the most sense. The closest I've seen to that, uh, Dan, in a long time 
uh, was the Miles Garrett when he, you know, attacked uh, uh, the uh, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns and hit him uh, hit him in the head. Uh, and and that to me was close because if you did it in a way, you know, he could have seriously injured. Uh, the the quarterback there for the Browns, whose name is escaping me right now, uh, and if that had happened, Mason yeah, Rudolph for the Mason Rudolph Mason, for the Steelers Mason, for the Steelers. That's right, Mason Rudolph. So that's as close yeah. as I've seen in a long time to something that could have been prosecuted because that did feel like way outside the bounds of the sport—a violent physical attack that was outside the rules. It didn't happen there, to the best of my knowledge. So, uh, uh, again, I would be inclined not to charge or, or do a criminal investigation into incidents like these. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think, looking at the tape, and you had it in slow motion on your Twitter feed, Clay, what, what, what do you think Krabenhoff gets here? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear that. What, what happens? What, what do you think happens with Krabenhoff, the guy who got slammed? Uh, you know, I... First of all, as the further investigation comes out, you know, there'll probably be some allegation that he said something, right? That seems to be all the, whenever people get in trouble, they try to, they recognize they're in trouble. Maybe Jawan Howard didn't realize how big this incident was going to turn into uh, when, uh, when he did it. Um, and, you know, if you remember Miles Garrett, similarly, it kind of grew and grew and he later made uh, allegations against Mason Rudolph and it, it became a bigger, uh, bigger issue. Um, I tend to think that uh, that that if if the Big Ten were smart, they would announce a punishment today. They would suspend him for the rest of the season. Our debate would shift from the incident itself to was it an appropriate response to the incident? And from there, it kind of goes away because, again, Michigan's not a great team right now. Uh, that, that is why if I were the big 10 commissioner, if I were Kevin Warren right now, uh, I probably would have wanted the university of Michigan to take the action instead of me. Uh, and so far they haven't been willing. I know they put the statement out last night. Uh, but, uh, but once you levy a punishment of sorts, and I think the rest of the year, I don't know how many games that is probably what four regular season games, a couple of, uh, a couple of big 10 tournament games, and then. Uh, and then maybe you're going to the NIT or whatever it is. Uh, so it ends up being whatever it is, five, six, seven games. Uh, that feels roughly appropriate to me, uh, the traditional right measure of justice. You know, I want to go back to something you said about how much your winning determines. And, and Nick Saban, you know, I worked and played for Bob Knight. He, he didn't get fired for grabbing a kid by the arm. He got fired because he wasn't winning at the level that he was winning, which opened the door that's right. to him being fired. I mean, that's going back or circling back to that statement. You couldn't be more right about both how people will defend when you've won at a certain level, i.e. Saban, or how, you know what, your pain in the ass is outdoing your productivity. That's, that's pretty much in every business. Though, it's not it only not? in every business and it's in every household. Um, you know, like I've got three, I've got right. three kids, uh, you know, they're not all equally difficult for me to manage on a day-to-day -day basis. So the kid that causes the most trouble is going to oftentimes get the least benefit of doubt when he causes that trouble than, uh, another brother who isn't causing that much trouble on a day-to-day -day basis. You tend and I mean, that's life in general, right? I mean, that's employment. That's, uh, that's, that's everywhere. 
inside of your household all the way up to, you know, probably the, the president of the United States who's got an entire staff. Um, you know, we're more lenient. If Bill Clinton hadn't had, uh, you know, uh, whatever it was, uh, the, the, one of the best economies in the history of the United States, uh, I, I think people might have responded differently to the Monica Lewinsky uh, intern scandal than they did. Right. Um, he was. And, and also that's another story. But the kind of ex, people kind of expected that out of Bill Clinton. So it wasn't like uh, it came out of nowhere where maybe it would have seemed surprising if it had been George W. Bush or Barack Obama uh, in, in, in those respects. Last thing before I let you go, the Ivy League's got it going on in swimming. We're paying attention. Leah Thomas, what do you think? It's a great moment for women's athletics. Now, look, this is one of those situations where 95%, maybe higher, of American sports fans agree with, uh, with me and with a lot of the articles that we have written at OutKick in general. Look, uh, take it outside of the world of uh, transgender athletics for a moment. We don't let people who are heavyweight boxers fight against flyweights. Uh, and we don't because the heavyweight boxer is bigger, stronger, and faster. Maybe not faster, but certainly bigger and stronger than the flyweight, right? Like Mike Tyson back in the day, if he got to fight against Floyd Mayweather, taking nothing away from Floyd Mayweather, he might murder him, right? So, and then, you know, when you're talking about high school athletics, we got 5A schools many places. We have 1A schools. Uh, if you're a 10-year-old, you don't get to play against 5-year-olds in, in athletics, um, you know, we try to create even matchups to the best of our ability to let like go against like. And men are bigger, stronger and faster than women. And even if you decide that you want to become a woman, you still got to grow to the height of a male based on your testosterone. You got bigger hands, bigger feet, uh, all of these things that are tremendous athletic advantages are not going away. So uh, I think this is a, a, a total uh, travesty of, uh, of women's athletics. I'm disappointed, frankly, that the Title IX people and, uh, and the people who are involved in, uh, in, in claiming that they care so much about feminism are not stepping forward. And this is what I was talking about earlier, Dan, with the pyramid of victimization uh, the, or the oppression Olympics, as I call it. They don't know how to handle this because... Once you pick a side, you have to pick a side. You're either on in favor of traditional women's athletes or you're in favor of transgender athletes. You can't be on both sides here. And they won't pick a side because those are traditionally, back to the identity politics, women and the transgender community are both linchpins of the Democratic left-wing party right now. And so in order to pick a side here, they're going to have to alienate one of the parts of their base, and they're not willing to do that, which is how we end up with uh, with absurdities like these, which the bat, I guess at 95 percent, that might even be low of American sports fans, male and female, know this is wrong. And very few people will actually say anything. Man, I've been shocked at the silence of the national media. I saw the other day somebody, maybe it was you or somebody reported that SportsCenter actually touched on it for the first time. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be shocked, right? I, I guess yeah, I should yes, have expected this, but the, damn, the fear. The culture that they've created, and they're afraid that if they say anything other than this is heroic and this is great, that they're going to get attacked. And right now, a lot of women are afraid of speaking out because they're uh, they're afraid they're going to be considered uh, anti-trans. And look, I mean, I for adults, 
do whatever you want to be to make yourself happy. That's my theory. Everybody can have different theories. Uh, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, as it pertains to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, you know, sort of competition itself, uh, we can't have this happen, um, at, at all. I mean, it's just, a, it's a, it's an absolute, uh, mockery of the entire competitive process. Uh, Donald Trump on with you tomorrow. Is that yeah, what you said? Yeah, we'll be live with, uh, with President Trump from Mar-a-Lago at uh, 12 Eastern. So he'll be on with us right when we start the show tomorrow. I got to ask you, before I let you go, what's Mar-a-Lago I've never like? been. Uh, I've, I've never been. Oh, I thought you were there well, now. I'm, I'm going to, the, to, the, to Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. I mean, I'm in Palm Beach, but, oh, okay. but you have to go through security oh, and everything okay. else to get to Mar-a-Lago. So I, I legitimately have no idea. I'll go there tomorrow morning for the first time. Hey, man, thanks for the time today. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes. I know you're busy as hell. Hey, thanks for chiming in on this. Great work, stuff. Man. I'll see you. All right. That's the boss, ladies and gentlemen. That's Clay Travis live from Palm Springs getting ready to interview President Donald Trump. You know, it is amazing how intolerant people are. <laughs> it really is. It's amazing how we just have – our entire mind made up on everything based on who says what. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll also, let me see here. I went a little long with the boss. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, let's see what I got coming up. I got good stuff. I know there's going to be some fades. I got something on the all-star game coming up. We've got a ranking on rank the best. But if you would like, I'll keep talking about this Juwan Howard deal because it is fascinating. And remember, from now on, in the last four minutes of college basketball games, Jawan Howard has to approve every timeout. He's that kind of important. We'll be right back. Keep it right here. Yeah, that was great by Clay. Okay. Uh, have the all-star ranking. We got that, right? Okay. All right. I'm ready whenever you are. Let's go to, hey, put that right up and we'll go to that if that's all right. Yeah, when we, right when we come back. I'll explain. I'll see it. You know, this is what I knew uh, would happen. I knew that our show would eventually become uh, the show to go to in the morning because, frankly, we're unbiased. I mean, I get Michigan guys are mad. Hey, take it up with your AD, man. Don't matter to me. You, you little Michigan bloggers want to get mad? Get mad. Do whatever you want. Guys call me racist? Good for you, man. I mean, you can't have, I guess, a normal conversation uh, about things without being referred to you know, as some kind of ist, I say it all the time. I mean, look, my whole life has been, and Clay said it, has been treating people the same. I don't give a damn who you are. I don't give a damn what you do. I don't give a damn how rich you are, whether you're a Democrat, black, white, don't matter to me. I grew up in an area where, hey, we're all together. My father was a high school principal of a school that had everybody, man. 
I mean, everybody. I mean, you name it, that school had it, except didn't have any rich folks. We weren't wealthy enough to belong to the country club, so I caddied for rich dudes. I don't give a damn, but I mean, I get how intolerant most of you are. Like, I do. I get how intolerant so many people are, and that's not my problem. That's your problem. I mean, you know, you want to rip me and Clay for having a conversation because it's me and Clay and you disagree? That's a you problem. That ain't a me problem. All right, yesterday the All-Star game came about. Um, Let's rank All-Star games. I think we're going to put up a full screen right here for you. Look, here's the deal. The Major League Baseball All-Star game is the gold standard of All-Star games. Let's not BS here. Let's let's tell it like it is. We still will watch the Major League Baseball All-Star game, right? We will watch it. We will see it. We will be like, oh, man, I want to see Otani pitch and hit. Or I want to see Mike Trout go up against, name your favorite National League pitcher. That's the gold standard. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And I got to tell you, if you are a dad and you have a son or you're a mom and you have a son or you have a daughter that likes baseball, you know what? Take him to the Home Run Derby. I took my son to the Home Run Derby. It was when Abreu just started knocking him out. It was in Detroit when I was coaching at Bowling Green. It's freaking awesome. Are you kidding me? Home Run Derby is a fun deal. Uh, first time I ever went to Home Run Derby, my friend Dark Cox hit on Craig Sager's wife. It's a true story. 1983 in Chicago at Comiskey Park. We saw a very good-looking blonde. I was in college. He was one of my high school baseball coaches. He's like, I got to talk to that woman. We went down right to the uh, wall and started talking. And next thing you know, here come Craig Sager. Turned out Sager and I became pretty good friends. He knew a lot about Indiana basketball as a player at the time. He was a Northwestern grad. I'm telling you, Home Run Derby has great, great history. Uh, Every other All-Star game, and you can put up all the logos, Dylan, if you'd like, stink. The NBA All-Star game, I'm going to get into that in a minute. The NHL All-Star game is not worth watching. I mean, ain't worth watching today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after that. All you do is score. The football, the Pro Bowl, complete crapola, as you see right there. Complete crapola. Hey, did you see the football one? They were playing touch football. Even ex-NFL guys were like, what are we doing here? What the hell are we doing here? Dion, everybody were like, you know, but you got to also understand us old guys. Us old guys are like, well, you know, it was all better when we were rocking. Okay. I get it. It wasn't. But at least you tried. When you put a uniform on, you gave an attempt, didn't you? I mean, didn't you do that? Like, these dudes don't even attempt. Last night, uh, the game was great because of two things. One, Steph Curry losing his mind. Whap, 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 16 of them. Now, that's all you need to know. That made last night's game fun. The other thing that made last night's game fun is the Elam ending. The Elam ending is basically saying four minutes, six minutes, whatever your place decides – Game stops. This is the target score. So you don't see the parade back and forth to the free throw line. You don't see the fouling. And if you've ever saw, if you've ever seen the TBT, the basketball tournament in the summer, when they put the Elam ending score up, let's say the score is 76-70, 
They stopped the clock at four minutes to go in the game. They add eight points to the winning team's margin. So instead of 76, you've got to get to 84. So if I have 70, I got to get 14 points. If I have 76, I've got to get eight points. And I'm telling you, the tension in the room goes up 120 degrees. It's insane how you can feel it. And you can feel it from not just the players on the field, on the court, excuse me, but you can feel it in the stands. You can feel it on the benches. I mean, Jawan Howard would uh, try to duck behind 72 people and punch someone and run like hell. There's so much tension. There's so much, holy shit, what's going on here? It's that kind of good. And you saw it last night. It was invented by a guy named Nick Elam, who's a Ball State professor. Now, Nick Elam, frankly, should have the Elam ending in every basketball game in the country. When you watch college hoops, here's what you see. You guys know this. We all know this. When you watch college hoops in the last two minutes, uh, walk this way, walk that way, unless it's a route and then Jawan Howard has to continue pressing and then bitch whine and moan and then punch somebody and run. Uh, but he is from the south side. <laughs> anyway, bitch whine and moan and hide behind his players. Look, we all understand. But the Elam ending... You know what? There is no timeout. There is no, hey, uh, don't call this. I'm going to press you can't because the score is right there and you got to get to the score. It's literally that simple. It is freaking awesome. Uh, Obi Toppin won the slam dunk contest. Look, good for Obi Toppin. I think Obi Toppin's a really good kid. I, I love the fact that he kind of came out of nowhere and he ended up at Dayton. And in the year of the pandemic, guess what would have happened? Dayton would have been a number one seed. They would have. Obi Toppin, anytime a good guy like Obi Toppin gets publicity, I'll raise my hand. I am all in on it. So good for Obi Toppin. The 75th anniversary team, let's go through two things. All right? Number one, Scottie Pippen was chicken blank. He didn't show because he knew dudes were mad at him. You heard Charles Barkley on our show last week. What did Sir Charles say? Scottie Pippen said that Charles Barkley was a fake tough guy. And Barkley's response was classic. Yeah, I may be a fake tough guy, but I'm tougher than him. I love Charles Barkley. And if you watch that interview, which, by the way, is still up, go give it a list. You'll love it. I swear to God you will. So Pippen writes all this crap in a book about Jordan and doesn't show up when he has a chance to meet with Jordan. There was one of these little blogger boys on the NFL, I forget his name, he was going to beat my ass at the combine. And then people started telling him, you know, Dockage is 6'5", about 250, and studies a little MMA. There's a little scrap to Dockage he didn't show. It's the way the world works. Scotty Pippen was chicken blank. How is Moses, or not Moses, how has Carl Malone got away with like impregnating a 12-year-old or 13 or whatever it is, your old girl? A lot of people are talking about that on Twitter. How's he gotten away with that? <laughs> but he waved last night, and I'm with Chad Withrow. Chad was right. That wave, um, how do I put this right on the 75th anniversary team? 
That wave last night looked so stupid. Not rehearsed. It just looks stupid. Hey, look, if you're not there, you're not there. It ain't going to be the end of the world that some guys aren't there, is it? It isn't going to be something that dramatically impacts anything. Just don't cheapen your product. Chad could not have been more right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Seriously. Don't cheapen your product. There's no reason to do that. That's just silly. They're not here. Hey, not here. Scotty Pippen, because he was too chicken shit uh, to face Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley. Uh, Carl Malone, don't know. Who cares? That's all. There's a couple other. I don't think Stockton was there. So what? Not here. I would love Stockton to say, you know what? I'm not going because I want to wear a mask. I don't even know if you had to wear a mask. But I don't go to IU basketball games because I don't want to wear a mask. It's miserable. But anyway... The 75th anniversary is always great, and the NBA is very smart in doing something like that. But the truth of the matter is, uh, you don't need the waving. But you know what? In general, I'm not that old guy that hates All-Star Weekend. I'm cool with all of it. If I'm around, I'll watch it. I like Obi Toppin, so I'm happy with him. If I were the Lakers, I'd have to. I don't give a damn who he thinks he is. I'd have to have to say something to LeBron James. I'm like, hey, man, you're playing here. Don't start talking about going to Cleveland. You know, we're paying you a pretty good salary here. Now, James may be above it, and I'm cool with that if he is, but I would at least, as the owner and as the general manager, have to have that conversation with James just because it would satisfy me. All right? Friend of mine, we were in high school. He's walking in the shower naked. Another friend of mine said, man, who are you going to please with that little thing? You know what he said? Myself. That's right. Sometimes you got to please yourself. And that's what I would do if I were the Lakers. That's what I would do if I was Rob Palenka or the owner. I would have to say, LeBron, we love you, man, but stop the bullshit about I'm going to Cleveland. I'm not, you're either here or you're not. Bold prediction that isn't so bold. Chicago Bulls are going to win the East. Now, the Miami Heat have a nice team. Don't get me wrong. Nice team. Greatest coach in the history of the world, every Miami little fanboy media says, good. They got the greatest coach in the history of the world. They got the greatest team, blah, 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 blah. But the Chicago Bulls are going to win the East. They have won five in a row, and there is nobody that I believe that has played better this year than DeMar DeRozan. So when you see the Chicago Bulls, who are currently 38 and 21, in the Eastern Conference Finals, winning the Eastern Conference Finals, Do yourself a favor, look at me, this bald-ass head, I look like a thumb, and say, that dude was right back during All-Star Weekend. I am. I'm right about it. I'm not going to lie. All right, let's talk about a couple of things that I ain't mad about, people. I ain't mad about the Olympics being over. I never watched one second, and I don't say that to brag, I say that because I didn't understand half the events. I didn't. I mean, we're twirling. We're swir- I mean, I don't know. Is Franz Klammer in the house? Is Jean-Claude Keeley in the house? Is Dorothy Hamill in the house? Where the hell's Dan Jansen? Where the hell's uh, the Granado? Uh, she's a hockey player. She's actually like second cousin to my ex-wife. 
So I was a big women's hockey fan. Nobody's bigger advocate for women's sports than I am, by the way. But I ain't mad even a skosh. Not even kind of, sort of. In fact, I will tell you, I didn't even know <laughs> I didn't even know the Olympics were over yesterday. I had no idea. I didn't. I'm sorry. I had no idea. If you'd have put a gun to my head and said, Dan, the Olympics over on the 20th, I'd have said, ah. Yeah. Because it's a Sunday. Right? I don't know what time it is in China, but it's a Sunday. So, yeah, what the hell? Olympics are over. That's the only reason, and I ain't mad about it. And I don't think none of you all are. I don't think very many of you watched the Olympics, did you? I don't think so. If you did, God bless you. If you did, I hope you enjoyed them. Because I don't know what was going on. I wasn't that interested. And frankly, and I cannot tell a lie, uh, there was no riveting stories for me other than everybody bitching about China, which they should. Doesn't mean I'm right. Hey, I ain't mad at Dave Chappelle, baby. I am not mad at Dave Chappelle not being canceled. Dave Chappelle, to me, is a really funny, thoughtful, smart guy. I enjoy being entertained by Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, I watched his show when everybody lost their mind on transgender. If that's what you're losing your mind over, hey, if that's your cause, good for you. You know what my cause is? Sitting my fat ass and being entertained. Period. That's what I like. I like being entertained. I know that the woke mob came after him. I know that everybody wanted to get him. I know that the closer backlash, 30 employees wanted Dave Chappelle off. Uh, you know, Dave Chappelle made $24 million from that closer on Netflix. I wonder what Netflix made. How about that? Dave Chappelle is not to be canceled today tomorrow or ever. And if you don't like Dave Chappelle, I got something for you. Here's a remote. Push a button. You don't like me? Push a button. Turn the channel. Just because somebody doesn't think like you think doesn't mean they should have to go away. I mean, we're all supposed to think like some guy that's a little blogger boy or some gal, uh, uh, Michelle Tafoya is supposed to think like some gal at Yahoo, who writes an article about her ugly truce? Please. Hey, you don't like it? Good for you. Write 100 articles on our show, will you please? Our show will continue to grow. Every time the Indy Star, and then by, by proxy, the USA Today writes crap about my show from noon to three, where I'm supposedly, I think I'm a misogynist, I don't think I'm a racist yet, uh, sexist, hater, uh, some about schools, the show explodes. You don't like it? Write about it. I've had three writers today from different Michigan uh, sources. One was a writer for one of the newspapers. One was a writer for a, uh, a school blog site, one of the colleges, and another one for a radio station. All sent me our text today thanking me for my comments on Jawad Howard. I don't want good comments. I want negative. Ryan Clark, come after me, baby. I'm one of the you people <laughs> that you were talking about. Oh, man. Anyway, um, 
the, the wokeness of ESPN. Randy Scott, Randy Scott, ESPN anchor. I'm sorry, this is the epitome of F around and find out. Don't grab Howard and nothing happens, Randy Scott. <laughs> the only thing that guy's played with is himself. Uh, let's see here. I ain't mad about NFL combines. I ain't mad about them. I ain't mad about NFL prospects um, telling the combine, screw off. I ain't mad about it. Not even a little bit. Because the conditions that they're doing here in Indianapolis, the bubble they're putting these kids into is asinine. Tell you what Indianapolis is, and I don't know if you saw this, but a bunch of folks, a bunch of athletes from are not coming to the combine here in Indianapolis. And good for them. Because the Jack Assery, there's 150 products. There's 150 draft prospects are organizing a boycott of all testing, on-field workouts, and interviews at next month's NFL Combine if heavy bubble restrictions aren't changed. That's from Ian Rappaport and Tom Palacero. Well, so here in Indy, here's what we got. We got a chicken shit mayor. That's number one. You got to understand that above all else. But when you go to a Colts game in the same Lucas Oil Stadium where these Combine drills are going to take place, 60,000 of us fat-ass bald guys can sit next to each other from me to this, sweating, slobbing, and guess what? We don't have a mask on. There's no proof of vaccination. There's nothing. Zero, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing. I don't have to do anything but show a ticket, walk, uh, walk through a metal detector, and not have a purse that isn't clear. That's it. So now they're telling all of these kids, hey, look, we're putting you in this specialized bubble. You know what I would say to you? Stick it. Stick it. I'll do my pro day. You don't want to come see me? Don't come see me. Now, if I was a half-ass prospect, you know, maybe I show. Maybe I take it. But if I'm any good at all in terms of the draft, if I'm up here, screw that. Why am I going to spend a week in a frickin' bubble when every slap in Indianapolis can show up at the same arena and not have to do a damn thing, 60,000 of us? It's all bullshit. And I don't blame, I do not blame any, any of these folks for not showing up. In fact, I encourage it. I encourage it. I think it's what you should do. And I got to tell you, I ain't mad about it, even in the slightest. Good for them. Had a bad weekend of gambling, ladies and gentlemen. Had some teams let me down. I'm, I'll be door dashing the rest of the week. No, I won't. But anyway, a couple of fades for you. Tonight, uh, in, all right, let me go to the first one. I'm sorry, Louisville at UNC. The line is 10. I'm taking USC. Louisville's been a mess. If you're ever going to be desperate and you're North Carolina, which does not major in desperate, but if you're ever going to be desperate, tonight's the night. Look, I don't care what people say. You got to get wins, period. The next team in front of you, it may not be a quad one win, Louisville. It may not be a road win, Louisville. I don't care. North Carolina just needs wins. And I think North Carolina, 
gets up one of those 72 to 54 wins, that kind of thing, somewhere in like that. I'm taking this and I'm making all the money that I lost from this weekend back. I'll give you another one. The second one, Indiana at Ohio State. Now, follow me here. I went to the Indiana-Ohio State game. I love both programs. I played at Indiana. I coached at Indiana. I had a great time at Indiana as a student. had a great time at Indiana as a graduate student. had a great time at Indiana as a coach, as a married man. My neighbors were great. Fans are awesome to me. Every time I go back, it's like a freaking blank show. It's awesome. Fans at Indiana are spectacular to me. Awesome. Uh, Ohio State. My son played for Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman has not only been a mentor to my son, he has helped us, my wife, myself, my my ex-wife, myself, my son, in a variety of ways off the court. I take a bullet for Chris Holtman. Love both programs. But here's the deal. Uh, Iowa was a hell of a matchup for Ohio State. They had bigs that could defend their bigs. They could shoot the basketball. I think Indiana covers the seven tonight. When I watched Indiana play Ohio State the first time, Indiana was a far better team. Now, I know it was at Assembly Hall. I know the game got away from Ohio State. And I know that Indiana, the players in particular, have acted like idiots since that point on. But I'll take Indiana tonight. The two bigs at Indiana, the three actually, Tom uh, Thompson, uh, Race, Jack, Jack, what the hell, Jackson Davis, whatever the hell his name is, and Michael Doerr can play the bigs at Ohio State. Ohio State's going to have to have a hell of a shooting net. I'm not saying Ohio State's not going to win. They may, but I'll take the seven. Uh, I thought that was too much right from the get-go. And then West Virginia's at TCU. West Virginia's terrible. And when I say terrible, I mean awful. West Virginia may be still reeling from me 20 years ago, not staying at West Virginia. And again, West Virginia fans, I'm sorry about that. I should have stayed, I know. Cost you a couple national championships. TCU's a well-coached team. TCU's a tough team. West Virginia is not. The game is at TCU. I see TCU winning this game. This is one of the few times in my lifetime that I would ever say to you, take TCU over West Virginia, but I am saying it. I am absolutely saying it. Anyway, 317-239-1070, that's the number. Dan at 1070, the fan. I just went, I just seriously went to my radio show. I was reading a text from Fran Frischella. Anyway, hey, thanks to everyone for watching. Dylan, great job today. We're going to be right back at it here tomorrow. Can't wait. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Clay. Thanks to Dylan. Thanks to Chad. Watch Outkick 360 coming up at 2 o'clock.